This is Smart Women, Smart Power, a podcast that features conversations with some of the world's most powerful women. In 21st century, women, girls are getting killed for simply showing their hair. That's the simple explanation about what's going on in Iran. And that actually shows you that we're dealing with a monster. We feature thought leaders at all career levels, where we explore, among other things, the many contributions that women make to the fields of international business, national security, foreign policy, and international development. Does having women in positions of power influence the outcomes of decisions in these fields? Why or why not? Join me, Dr. Kathleen McInnes, director of the Smart Women Smart Power Initiative at the Center for Strategic and International Studies for these incredible conversations. Last September, the tragic death of Mahsa Amini spread across global headlines and the fight for women's rights in Iran was brought to light. The injustices in Iran continue to make headlines with the reported assault of a 16-year-old named Armina Karavand. We've had one year since the Mahsa Amini protests. So much is going on in Iran and women are at the forefront of this political sociological like tsunami. And so our guest today, Iranian journalist and activist, uh, Masih Alinejad, I'm so grateful to be able to learn from you, giving your experience, not only as an Iranian woman in exile, but, but your fight on the front lines for women's equality in Iran. So I'm hoping we can learn from you today, you know, what's going on today? What uh, What's the prognosis of the Iranian regime in your view? And, and what do we in the international community need to do to help? I have to say that in 21st century, women, girls are getting killed for simply showing their hair. That's the simple explanation about what's going on in Iran. And that actually shows you that we're dealing with a monster, with a gender apartheid regime. Yes. Mahsa Amini got killed just because a little bit of her hair was visible. And right on the first anniversary of the brutal murder of Mahsa, now another girl is fighting for her life because she's in a coma. Why? Because she refused to cover her hair. So, and I have to say that the brutal murder of Mahsa Amini became a tipping point for the Islamic Republic. And for millions of Iranians, it became like, like, you know, we, we had enough. We were fed up by the morality police. But now, let me just make it clear. We went beyond morality police. We don't want just to get rid of compulsory job or morality police ban. We want an end for this gender apartheid regime. Yeah. And so how do you see the international community responding? That's a good question. That's a good question. You know why? Because from the beginning, it was beautiful. When I was watching all women across the globe, leaders, athletes, actress, well-known feminists were cutting their hair. But at the same time, I was, I was like very honest and telling the rest of the world, hey, solidarity is beautiful but it's not enough. We don't want you to cut your hair. We want you to cut your ties with our killers. And yes. that is how international community can help. Otherwise, let's just be clear. Now, the Islamic Republic is going to kill another woman. Why? Because 
of the lack of strong action from uh, from international community. All those Western female politicians who cut their ties, they are the one now inviting Ibrahim Raisi, inviting the mayor of Tehran, inviting the members of Revolutionary Guards to European Parliament, to EU, here in America, the United Nations. So there is no reason for Islamic Republic to stop killing women. There is no reason for the barbaric regime in Iran to harass women, to torture women, to beaten up them in the streets when they don't see any punishment. Right. So that is no consequences. There's no long-term consequences. And they're just waiting. They've been waiting out the international community for us to just lose our attention and they're so short. Exactly. Hey, let me just let me just ask you a simple question. Imagine it was not Mahsa in Iran being bitten up to death. Imagine it was not Armita, 16-year-old beautiful girl being bitten up by morality police. It was a girl here in New York. It was a girl in Sweden, in England, in, in European countries being bitten up, getting killed, facing rape in prison for the crime of showing the hair or for the crime of not wearing hijab. What would have been the reaction of the rest of the world? Imagine it was not women of Iran being kicked out from a stadium. It was women in America. What would have been the reaction of FIFA? They would have said like, oh, it's okay. This is their culture. No, we, the women of Iran, deserve the same actions and the same reactions from international community. Isolate the Islamic Republic and kick them out from everywhere until the day that they respect women. So one of the things that we're noticing is that a lot of these authoritarian regimes actively use gender and women's yeah. repression to consolidate the regimes and both internally and as excuses for terrible behavior on the international stage, right? Um, we see that with, with Putin's Russia and the invasion of Ukraine. We're starting to see that with Xi Jinping regime and, and Taiwan. Uh, so in your view, what does this gender repression and this doubling down tell us about the regime and also its weaknesses. Exactly. Dictators, all dictators, they're really scared of women, free women, powerful women, because they know that women have nothing to lose. We've been, especially women in autocracy and dictators, we've been fighting for every single rights, like mm-hmm. every single day. So they know that if they, uh, like if we like gain the power to, to say no to dictators, then we're, we're going to empower women across the globe. So mm-hmm. that is why in the Middle East, women's body became a tool, became, became a platform for, for gender apartheid regime like Taliban, like Islamic Republic, uh, to write their own ideology on our body. When you go to Iran, when you go to Afghanistan, the only way that you understand that these countries are being controlled by Islamic states is just mm-hmm. through us. It's not through men, because we are forced to carry the main visible symbol of oppression. Mm-hmm. We are the one that if we don't cover our hair, we won't be able to go to school. We won't be able to get an education. So that is the way that dictators are controlling the whole society through women, through us. And they know that if we say, no, we're not going to buy your narrative, then we can empower men as well. That's why they're scared of women. Well, and... When you disenfranchise you know, half your population, you do not allow them to be a part of the economy in meaningful ways. Yeah. What I'm noticing is that these regimes 
look for external excuses for the problems that they face. And again, this gender apartheid begins to have real hard national security implications because of the violent extremist organizations that they support, their shenanigans, let's be mild in the term, in, in places like Africa. So the gender apartheid is a real indicator of national security problems that we as the United States and, and other democracies to get involved, to get involved. Like, as you said beautifully, gender apartheid is a global struggle. You can't just say that, let's Iranian women deal with it within the country. Right. Let's just women of Afghanistan deal with it within their own society. Let's Africa. Yeah. No, you cannot say that because right. look, dictators have their own networks. They have alliance of, uh, like, you know, they own the alliance of dictatorship are very clear. They're helping each other to uh, like spread misinformation, fake news, mm -hmm. disinformation. They are providing drones and weapons for each other. They're helping economically, like sponsoring uh, each other. But we, the feminists, the global feminist movement, we are not as united as dictators because mm -hmm. sometimes we close our eyes and we say that, you know, in the name of white savior complex, in the name of cultural relativism, let's not get involved. That's wrong because when we keep quiet in the face of Taliban and Islamic Republic, this gender apartheid ideology can be can be spread across the globe. Like imagine before September 11, you were walking in the streets in New York and asking people that what should we do with Bin Laden? Maybe mm -hmm. people were like saying that this is none of our business. But yeah. you see, more than 3,000 innocent Americans got killed. So this is the same. I believe that mm -hmm. if we don't get united to end gender apartheid regime, to end autocracy, to end dictatorship, they will get united and they will end democracy. They will end equality. They will end each of us everywhere. So you see all, in all international laws, you see the definition of apartheid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, but how come that there is no mention about the definition of gender apartheid? So that is why we, the women of Iran and Afghanistan, we launched a campaign to call everyone, everyone now hearing me, to join us and ask your policymakers, your leaders, to expand the definition of apartheid to include gender as well. That's how legally we can get united and fight back all together against gender apartheid regimes. So to give our listeners a sense, what ha how's the experience of women in Iran right now change over the past year or frankly not? Oh, can I be honest with you? Please. A yeah. lot, a yeah. lot, because the yeah. fear, the fear inside us is gone. Now this is the Islamic Republic with guns and bullets, with money, with power. They're really, really scared of teenagers. You know, you, you, you tell me, what is the reason that Khamenei, this like master killer, saying to its gang of killers, to the revolutionary guards, to the morality police, not give up on compulsory job. Why? Because he is scared of teenagers, you know? Yeah. It is sad, it is beyond sad that in 21st century, women are facing brutal oppression just because of being girls and women. But at the same time, I'm telling you that the Iranian political regime, they, they are in a serious crisis. 
they know that this is just the beginning of the end for them. And that is the only thing that I can say, Chate. Otherwise, yeah. no, women still are not allowed to go uh, to school without covering themselves. Women are still not allowed to get a passport or travel abroad without getting permission from their husband. Mothers of those people who got killed are not even allowed to express themselves. Right now that I'm talking to you first, they bitten up Armita and now they arrested her mother. I mean, I get goosebumps. The parents of all those people who got killed are in prison for the crime of being parents and loving their beloved one. So these are the situation in Iran, but nothing gonna happen. This is, this is my true answer. If the international community still legitimize this barbaric regime. You know, so what specific, in, in addition to expanding this d- definition of apartheid to include gender, what else can we do? Banks, leaders, what, what should we be doing? First of all, I want to ask the international uh, like communities, like not just the leaders. I want to ask the schoolgirls, teenagers, this is about you. A woman-led revolution is taking place in the history and teenagers are in the front line. So I want the schoolgirls to join us and have a day of action. Stop going to school, showing your solidarity with the girls and teenagers in Iran. Imagine a day that all schools, colleges, showing their solidarity, sitting down and saying that we're not going to go to school for for the girls in Iran and Afghanistan being kicked out from schools, you know? That is going to be an example for the leaders of democratic countries. That would put pressure on the democratic countries. And another thing that I want, just think about it, that if it was not Iran, it was, uh, as I said, women of the West being kicked out from a stadium and school, then what would you ask your leaders and policymakers? Do the same, send the letters, and yep. ask them to boycott Iran, to isolate, to boycott the Islamic Republic, like from all international federations, because mm-hmm. they're using sport washing to normalize the gender apartheid regime. You either believe this is a gender apartheid or not. If this is a gender apartheid, then how come you're giving them Olympic platform, you're giving them like all the international sports federation, giving them a platform mm-hmm. to normalize such a barbaric regime. And another thing is that I want the leaders of democratic countries to understand that if they address Putin as a warmonger and they, you know, put Wagner Group uh, in the terrorist list, then what is different between Wagner Group and the Revolutionary Guards? What is different between Putin and Khamenei? While Khamenei and Revolutionary Guards are sending drones to Putin to kill innocent Ukrainians. So clearly here, we are dealing with two evils, two warmongers, Putin and Khamenei. They are united. I want the leaders of G7, the democratic countries, to be united and isolate, ban and kick out these two dictators from everywhere. That's my, my point. And I don't think this is too much to ask. Our you know? security, our safety, and our way of life as democratic countries. Yeah, I'm, and, and I'm here in America. I live in New York. And I was the target of kidnapping plot. I was a target of assassination plot. Believe me, I'm not scared for my own life at all. My heroes are these teenagers facing guns and bullets every day. But at the same time, this is scary. 
that you see Islamic Republic feel like empowered to send the killers on, on U.S. soil. And congratulations to Biden administration because they've been handing out billions of dollars for what is called prisoner swap instead of actually asking their allies to be united to downgrade the diplomatic relation with with this hostage takers they're actually telling them that hostage taking diplomacy works assassination diplomacy works so what i want i want the u.s government i mean america is the dream country for everyone i want the u.s government to take the lead and ask its own allies to isolate gender apartheid regime from everywhere. This is what President Biden in his, uh, you know, when he was very young, he was all about banning South Africa because of the apartheid. Now he is supporting the negotiation, diplomacy. The Islamic Republic doesn't understand the language of diplomacy. Their language is torturing, raping, killing, taking hostage. That's all. So you have to take concrete actions in the face of this barbaric regime instead of legitimizing them. Thank you so much for your time today. Of course. Thank you. Thank you so much, my sister. Our sisterhood will save not only Iran or Afghanistan, will save democracy across the globe. Thank you so much. Thank you. Subscribe to the Smart Women, Smart Power podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to great content. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Smart Women, or you can follow me on Twitter at KJ McInnes One. Thanks for listening and join us next time.